0: Hi there boys and girls, we're picking up from last week's chapter today where we left Amy and Jake at the wetlands with the Canada geese flying overhead. If any of you listening live on the Capiti coast near the Waikanae estuary you'll know we have our own special wetlands right here and lots of beautiful Canada geese, just like in Jake's story. Things really start moving along in the next chapters. Let's go there. Simon's and Claire's eyes were bright. Amy was still pink. Peter's smile showed two dimples. Darren nodded to himself again. The geese had united them. All sorts of birds come to wetlands, Amy said. Geese, herons, dabchicks, heaps of ducks. Darren nodded on. Paradise ducks, shuffler ducks, grey ducks, mallard ducks. Everybody duck, protested Simon. As I got into the cars, Matt appeared at the top of the beach path, surfboard under one arm. He glanced at the Greens, then looked away. He's jealous because I'm with Peter. Jake thought. Green Group Meeting, Room 6, Lunchtime. Mrs Hay read the notice in Friday's assembly, with no expression on her face. At lunchtime, Peter wasn't there, just Claire, Simon, Darren and Jake and Amy, who barged in last. "'Where's Wonder Woman?' she demanded. "'Out of fashion already, are we?' Jake's mouth opened angrily, but Darren spoke first. "'Another thing about runoff: if it's warm, it'll harm fish used to cool temperatures.' The door opened, and Peter came in. "'Sorry I'm late. I've been checking the advocate in the library, wanted to see who runs the firm building the stadium.' It's a guy called Ken Duncan. His wife's in Mum's church group, exclaimed Claire. She's really nice. Peter didn't look pleased at the interruption. I think we should meet him. Tell him what we're worried about. Meetings, muttered Amy. Talk. We have to do something. Like painting words on notice boards, suggested Jake. The meeting finished when Claire and Peter left for choir practice. They decided that Peter would write another letter to Ken Duncan, asking if the Calcott Intermediate Green Group could meet him to discuss their concerns, etc., etc. Tell Mrs Hay, said Mr White, turning up the cuffs of a bright orange jumper. It's polite. Amy was muttering again, not politely, as she left. Simon rolled his eyes at Jake, who grinned. Darren saw the grin. What are you picking on Amy for? Jake felt startled. Then he felt annoyed at this four-eyed geek. Because she's too wrapped up in herself to think of anyone else. You don't know what you're talking about. Darren headed for the corridor. Jake? It took a second to recognise the voice. Amy was approaching him. "'There's this environment handbook the Conservation Department gave us.' "'She thrust a spiral-backed notebook at Jake. "'Every Green Group member gets one.' "'Thanks,' said Jake, as flatly as possible. "'Amy hesitated. "'Your dad works with building firms. "'Could he get us a copy of the Resource Management Act?' "'Jake looked blank. "'The what?' "'It's put out by the government.' Sees what you're not allowed to do to places like the wetlands. "'I was going to get petted, but... "'It's hard for her to ask favors. Jake realised. "'I'll see.' "'Okay,' Amy strode off. "'It's hard for her to say thanks, too,' Jake decided. "'Jake was pleased to get down to Back Beach's surf on Saturday morning. "'It seemed ages since he'd gone, and he was glad to get out of the house.' His father had not been happy when Jake passed on Amy's request about the Resource Management Act. What's the point, son? The stadium's going to be a real asset to this town. Why get yourself on the side of a noisy minority? Jake shrugged. He didn't want to be on Amy's side. But he felt annoyed to hear his dad putting down the greens. You never used to mind being on the minority side, Jake's mum interrupted. Mr Bremmer put on his be-reasonable face. I've other people to think about now. It was his parents' second disagreement of the morning. They'd already clashed over Ruth Rivers' column in the paper. She'd criticised Peter wetlands letter. Children misled by trendy teachers. Time schools met the real world. Jake felt pleased he wasn't there when Mrs Hay read the comments. He felt angry at Peter being picked on and amused at Mr White being called Trendy. His parents weren't amused. His mum said Ruth Rivers wanted kids wearing ties to school and saluting the flag. His father said that was better than trying to stop others improving the community. In spite of its thudding waves and squawking gulls, Back Beach seemed quiet. Do you take your own bags to the supermarket? Jake asked his mum as he sat in her studio on Saturday afternoon. Then fewer plastic bags get made and the environment isn't so messed up. Good idea, his mum grinned. I saw you reading the handbook. Green Group going okay? Dunno yet. Still finding out. Jake examined the pink stereo speakers, which were now a brilliant sky blue on top. Where are the cat and dog going? I'm not sure. I've been thinking of birds instead. Your dad reckons. Who's talking about me? Jake's father appeared in the doorway. This what you wanted, son? Jake stared at the thin-typed booklet. The Resource Management Act, his dad explained. Parker McLean won't miss one copy. As Jake's mum slid an arm through his, he added... Sorry if I was grumpy yesterday, mate. There's a lot of sides to this business. Jake escaped from the studio as his parents got soppy. I don't care what side I'm on, he thought. So long as Petter's on it too. Jake? Monday morning and again a girl's voice spoke his name. But this time it was Peter. Passing boys stared jealousy. Close up his brown eyes seemed bigger than ever. That guy, Ken Duncan, the one building the stadium. He rang last night. He'd like to meet us. That's quick. Jake wished he could think of something cooler to say. He was really nice. Said he'd heard of us, and it's excellent we're concerned about the environment. Claire arrived. Mrs Duncan said she'd mention us to him. I talked to her at church. Hm Our prayers are answered. Simon had joined the growing group. Peter took no notice. Mr Duncan said he could see us tomorrow afternoon. We'd better decide what to say. They decided at morning interval, without Amy. She was still picking up rubbish for Mrs Hay. Jake thought their meeting was much better as a result. Be polite, urged Mr White. Stick to the facts. Another point, Darren's glasses flashed, Whitebait use wetlands beside rivers to feed and grow. Now there's fewer wetlands, so there's fewer whitebait. Jake decided that Darren looked like a whitebait himself. Amy was obviously annoyed she'd missed the Monday meeting. Her mouth was still turned down as they met in the car park after school on Tuesday. Remember I'm not coming in, said Mr White, who wore a hand-knitted green jersey and baggy brown suit. Better if you state your own case. Amy's mouth turned down another notch as Mrs Hay appeared. I hope you have a useful meeting. The principal didn't sound enthusiastic. Make sure you listen. Every issue has several sides. That word again, Jake thought. And I know I can trust you to be polite and mature. Hmm. Mrs Hay looked at Amy as she climbed into Claire's mother's car, Amy's mouth looked like a bulldog's. Duncan Enterprises Limited occupied the third floor of a downtown building. Parker McLean, Jake's dad's firm, was on the second floor. A lift took the six kids up. A receptionist swept them into a blue carpeted, green ferned, yellow armchair area that reminded Jake of his mum's sculptures. Mr Duncan will see you soon. She drifted off without looking at them. They sat in silence. Amy's mouth hadn't relaxed. Darren blinked behind his glasses. Claire and Simon looked nervous. Jake swallowed. Only Peter seemed calm. Hello, I'm Ken Duncan. Come in. He looks like a surfer," Jake thought, as they stared at the fair-haired figure in a non-baggy blue suit. I'm rapt to meet people who know Back Beach. Mr Duncan led them into an office with more carpet, ferns, and chairs. I used to surf there about two centuries back. He is a surfer," Jake felt delighted. Was a surfer anyway. He'll be on. Outside. Everybody was seated. Nobody wanted a cup of coffee. "Well now," said the director of Duncan Enterprises, "what can I do for you?" As Amy's mouth opened, Peter spoke. "Thank you for sparing us the time." Mr. Duncan smiled at Peter. Peter smiled back, showing both dimples. Jake gulped quietly. Amy snorted loudly. "My pleasure." the fair-haired man said. I like to see young people getting involved in community issues. So which aspects of the sports stadium worry you? All of it, snapped Amy. Jack saw Simon wince. Mr Duncan raised his eyebrows, then smiled again. Can you be more exact? Claire's quiet voice spoke. We're worried the building noise will frighten the birds. They won't come and breed. If they don't come this year, they might not come in the future. There's a run-off too, Simon added quickly as Amy's mouth reopened. Water from car parks and roofs could have chemicals that poison the wetlands. Ken Duncan was making notes with a slim, silver ballpoint. Good. I'll get this looked into. I remember the same points in your newspaper piece. He and Peter exchanged smiles again. You also mentioned some endangered birds. Again, Amy's mouth opened. This time, pet a beater. There's a bittern. It's like a heron, but smaller and really shy. Bitterns are getting rarer as wetlands disappear. There's none been seen around here for ages. Darren interrupted. Since humans came to New Zealand, over twenty types of birds have become extinct. There's the moa. The houia, the New Zealand quail, the Stevens Island wren, two types of eagle, a swan, a goose, a... Mm, yes, well... Ken cut in. It's a sad history. What do you think Duncan Enterprises should do? This time, nobody beat Amy. Stop the stadium. That's what. Stop the stadium. Jake remembered the words painted across the school notice board. Behind his desk... The director's smile was cooler. "'It's not that easy, I'm afraid. "'We're talking about people's jobs and futures here. "'It's not easy for the birds either,' Amy shot back. "'Or the fish and plants. "'They've been here a lot longer than any people. "'How about their futures?' Mr Duncan looked impatient as Darren spoke again. "'It's not wise to build near the coast anyway. "'Global warming means the sea level could rise.' by half a metre in the next century. Mr Duncan's smile was back. It was an amused smile. Jake saw. Amy saw it too. What's so fun? She got out before Simon hurriedly broke in a second time. What we said about runoff, that includes dirt from building. It could cloud the water, so plants don't grow and fish can't feed. Fertiliser from lawns does the same, Claire added. She glanced anxiously at Amy. Again, Duncan nodded. I'll pass that on too. My board is still trying to make sense of the Resource Management Act. It's not easy trying to do something positive in a community these days. He paused, grinned, said, Good God, I sound like her. You don't care, do you? Amy's hands were clenched and her face pink. You don't care, as long as your stupid stadium gets built. The other five greens stared at the carpet. An embarrassed silence was broken by Ken Duncan standing. Well, thank you for coming. My office can take any further messages from you. Do you want to visit the... Can we have another... Peter and Claire spoke together. The director still smiled, but his voice was cool again. I think meetings will be useful only if everyone's prepared to listen. There was silence in the lift as it carried them back down. Amy's head of chopped brown hair was bent. You've blown it, Jake told her silently. You've blown it any chance of protecting the wetlands. Jake's dad came home angry. ''Your green group saw Ken Duncan this afternoon?'' he asked. Jake nodded. ''You could have told me,'' his father snapped. ''I felt a right fool. I only found out because someone saw you on the footpath.'' ''Sorry,'' Jake mumbled. Later that evening, Jake's parents were talking in the studio. ''What can a bunch of kids do anyway?'' His father sounded tired. Jake could hear bits of his mother's words. Every bit helps. All adds up. Mr. Bremner sighed. Ken Duncan's a good guy. When those two got sacked for stealing from their mates at work last month, he made up the money himself. He just wants to help the town. Jake pictured the blonde ex-Sufi and his friendly smile. Dad's right. I'm wasting my time. But faces kept coming into his mind, not just Peter's face, but Clare's and Simon's, and Darren's, and, though he tried to blot it out, Amy's. Mr White wasn't in room six at Wednesday lunchtime. He was the teacher on duty. Jakes were on patrolling the playground in black shoes with laces, brown trousers with turn-ups, fawn jacket with elbow patches, the other five kids were there. Jake could feel the tension when he came in. We gotta face it, Simon was saying. After yesterday, our chances of getting the stadium people to help are dead. Wetlands die sooner or later, Darren said helpfully. The creeks feeding them bring in mud and dirt. They gradually silt up. Simon gave a half grin. Looks like our one's gonna die. "'Sooner instead of later.' Claire said nothing. "'Peter, pushing back dark hair behind small, perfectly shaped ears, "'was silent also. "'Amy glowered at the floor. "'Jake looked at her. "'You should apologize." "'Amy's head jerked up. "'I'm not apologising to someone who's ruining the wetlands.' "'Peter spoke, polite but cool.' I think Mr Duncan would still listen if we talked to him properly. A snort from Amy. You would think that. He sucked you all in properly. Jake felt irritation rise. You don't even care about the wetlands. I do. Of course she does. Amy and Darren spoke together. You don't. Everyone was watching Jake. Peter's lips were parted. If you cared, you'd work with other people. Get them on our side. Ken Duncan's not a bad guy. He'd listen if you hadn't stuffed things up. A blue-eyed glare was aimed at Jake. Then Claire said, I have to go to choir practice. We've got this big concert coming up. Peter stood. Me too. The glare followed Jake out of room six. Soon after school finished, Jake and his surfboard arrived at the back beach path. He glanced along at the wetlands' flax bending in a steady offshore wind. He glanced down at the waves thudding on the sand. He started down the zigzag path. Then he paused. There was another thudding sound. A hundred metres up the road, past the wetlands and on the opposite side, two men were hammering a long stake into the ground. A strip of paddock the size of a cricket pitch had been scraped flat. The stake and the others beside it held up a sign, a new white sign as big as the side of a house with rows of red letters on it. Duncan Enterprises Limited A new sports stadium will be built on this site, a major asset for Calcott, starting now. Inquiries to Ross Bremner Parker McLean Limited The offshore wind blew harder. Dust from the scraped ground billowed across the road. A greenfinch flying towards the wetlands ducked away. Once again Jake found himself moving towards the stile. He carried his board over with him. Hey, maybe I can swamp surf and hid it by one of the pine trees. He breathed easier. There was no sign of Amy. Past where they'd watched the Canada geese, the track faded out among reedy grass. Jake started to push between two flax bushes. He stopped and drew his hand back from where it had almost torn a spider's web, shining between two leaves. He moved around one bush to where the ground sloped down. Plop! went something frog-looking into the breeny. Greeny water just ahead. Slop went Jake's left foot into the same water a half second later. Jake used a word he didn't use in front of his parents. He shook his foot. Squeep! The fantail rock and rolled through the air beside Jake's leg, snapping up a drifting speck, said squeep again and somersaulted away. Fifty cents for afternoon tea, eh? Jake told it. He went still. His next careful step had taken him to where he could see across the wind-ruffled water. More rapo and flax marked the other side, thirty metres away. Something was pacing through the water near the far edge, something that moved on long legs like a heron, but was shorter and browner than any heron. As Jake stared, the bird-jerked nervous glances to both sides, then stepped into the ralpo and disappeared. Ah, what a petter call it? A pattern, and they're really rare. Jake felt the glow that came when he caught a wave no one else had seen. As he climbed back over the stile, another flurry of dust from near the new sign made him squeeze his eyes shut. His dad was late home. He came into the living room and gave Jake a tired smile. Son, I'm sorry, Jake's mum hurried in from her studio. Ross, love, I'm sorry. It's my turn to cook, and I completely forgot. I've been so wrapped up in the coloured cards I bought. You sound like a Christmas present. We'll get takeaways. Jake's dad laid a hand against his wife's cheek. Jake imagined himself doing the same to Peter. They ate big, sloopy hamburgers at Burgers Rule. Look at the colours! Jake's mum lifted her top bun to stare at the lettuce, cheese, meat and tomato. I'd love to put these in a sculpture. I'm certainly going to use box. Buy me some chips and you can use the bag too. Jake glanced out the window and saw Darren and Amy. They were moving through the restaurant car park, picking up hamburger packets, milkshake containers and straws dropping them in big paper sacks. Jake's parents watched. So did other customers. Good to see kids doing that. Pity Ruth Rivers doesn't write about this. Darren and Amy finished the area outside the window and stood looking around. Darren caught Jake's eye. They stared at each other. Then Darren moved away. Two things happened before class next morning. First... Mrs Hay announced a green group meeting. Another green group meeting, she said, before talking about the coming music festival. Second, Jake saw another crumpled paper bag lying on the playground. Once again he picked it up and dropped it in a bin while passing kids stared. Then, staring right back, he picked up a couple of sweet wrappers and dropped them in the bin too. Don't you realise... Darren asked as soon as Jake entered room six at lunchtime. Those hamburgers you ate came from cattle raised, where there used to be forest. The land's turned into hamburger farms. The trees are turned into hamburger boxes. Sounds like the hamburgers went to a good home. Simon winked at Jake. So did the boxes. Ask my mum. Jake sat down just two seats away from Peter. He wondered if he should explain his joke to the dark-haired girl. I'm on duty again. Today Mr. White wore all green corduroy's and a checked red and white shirt. I believe Amy has something to say. He nodded at the stocky figure, kicking a desk leg, and left. Amy kept kicking. Jake looked at her chopped brown tangle of hair. Actually, it was curly. He hadn't noticed before. The girl looked up. I've written Mr. Duncan an apology. Silence. Then, Good Amy, from Claire, and what, from Simon. Amy stuck her jaw out. I told him I didn't mean to be rude. I said the wetlands are special to me. Jake remembered the girl crying as she said the same to him. He gave her a nod. Peter said, That's cool, Amy. What did Mr. Duncan say? Amy shrugged. "'Haven't heard anything. You can ask. You're good at that.' As they left room six, Simon raised eyebrows at Jake. "'Amazing, eh?' "'Yeah, amazing, all right.' "'What's amazing?' Darren appeared beside them. "'Hearing what's-her-name, Apologize. "'You don't know what you're talking about.' The same words Darren had said before. "'Think about it, boy.' Jake glared at Darren, who glared back. Okay, she cares about the wetlands, but she doesn't give a stuff about people. You think about it, Darren stopped. Claire and Simon watched. After a second, the spectacle boy said, She owned up to painting those things on the notice board. Big deal, Jake sneered. What's so great about that? Again, Darren said nothing for a second. Then, she didn't paint them. I did. Wow, I didn't see that happening, did you? I really believed Amy had written those messages. I wonder if this will make Jake change his opinion of Amy. And what about Ken Duncan? Is he really a nice guy, helping the community? Hmm, I'm not sure. Maybe there'll be another meeting with him. Will it change things? Next time we'll find out. Do visit Otaki's Books and Co. If you're soon to start your cricket season at school, you'll find my book, Cricket Crazy, on the shelves. A great read and a real spur-on for your cricket playing. Happy reading, guys. Till next time.